2: And I'm Karen Moscow. Stocks are rising, poised for a second straight weekly gain after the S&P 500 index erased a monthly decline. And this comes of its signals from China's central bank that it'll act to bolster its economy and its crude oil climbs. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. The S&P 500 up three-tenths percent or six points to 1958. Dow Jones Industrial Average up three-tenths percent or 42 points to 16,739. The Nasdaq's up half percent or 22 points to 46,04. Ten year Treasury down 1230 seconds, the yield 1.75%, yield on the two-year point 0.76 percent. NyMex crude oil up three percent or a dollar three to thirty-four ten a barrel. Comex gold down seven tens percent or eight dollars fifty cents to twelve thirty thirty an ounce. The euro, $1.0973, the yen, 113.48. Honeywell International saying that a tie-up with United Technologies would create $72 billion in combined shareholder value, part of a February 19th presentation pushing for a deal that the target company said was unworkable. Honeywell said the proposed offer of $108 per share would lead to cost savings of $3.5 billion in four years, as it said it was seeking to re-engage with United Technologies on a possible transaction. And Hilton Worldwide Holdings, the world's largest operator of hotel rooms, said it will continue to pursue spinoffs of its hotel properties and timeshare business to boost shareholder value. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Tom and Scarlett.
0: Karen, thanks so much, folks. Peter Arment joins us from Stern AG Gleacher uh, right now. At the, he's head of their aerospace and defense system. Peter, thrilled to have you on. Thank you so much on a, an incredible morning uh, to join us. Thanks, I, 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 my chart for Monday is a 20-year trend on one of Americans' icons, UTX, and I, I don't understand 108 My center tendency 20 years back is $123 a share. A one standard deviation premium is $148 a share, and way out stupid is two standard deviations, $178 a share. Why is Honeywell low-balling this offer?
1: well i think it's 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 initially i think probably the first the first of the uh, what it will be probably an initial offer uh if you look i mean united technologies in the last few years has struggled there is a, a, a incredible industrial business but they are, they've run into a, a, um a, a point where their businesses are very mature and their margins are running at peak levels and so they have to go through a restructuring to kind of reset the bar and reengage growth and I think Honeywell sees an opportunity to try to combine yeah. the businesses and take advantage of that.
0: Is there regulatory overlap? We've seen all sorts of different comments on this 326,000 combined employees. I got revenues out, oh I don't know 98 billion or something give or take a couple uh, billion, but what's the overlap?
1: Yeah, the overlap um, initially, I think, is fairly significant. It's in a couple key areas in the aerospace side, small aircraft uh, and helicopter engines, auxiliary power units, otherwise known as APUs, aircraft environmental control systems, aircraft wheels and brakes, and then the fire and security products, the latter, there's plenty of competition for. So the fire and security products, you could easily uh, divest some of those, and it wouldn't be an issue. And I think there, there clearly is going to be some horse trading going on around the aerospace assets about what they would divest and satisfy regulators.
3: Regulators is one thing. Customer resistance is another. UTX's CEO um, had said earlier this week that that would make a merger too difficult to get done. What kind of customer resistance are we talking about here?
1: so you're talking about Boeing Airbus uh in particular and then probably the department of defense uh it's more probably on the commercial side initially Interesting. um we've looked at the the, the key uh, aircraft platforms, whether it's Boeing's or Airbus, both of the kind of the narrow body side, the mm-hmm. 737 320 for Airbus or the 787 350, both new platforms that are ramping. And if you do the analysis, it looks like that from a cost basis that this combination and some of those platforms, the combination would result in somewhere between 7 and 17% of the total cost base. So it's, yeah. signif- it's significant, but it's not a deal breaker. Mm-hmm. There are some competitors out there that have larger share. Um, right. So it, clearly there's a negotiation going on and what you could horse trade out.
0: Uh, Peter Armit with us, a Stern AG, as we look at Honeywell UTX. Peter, I'm looking at the Bloomberg Terminal, and UTX is subpar across the entire income statement. But with that, there's not much different. I've got nominal growth, at UTX 3 4%. Honeywell does better, maybe it's 5%. I've got EBITDA, they outperform by 200 basis points. Where does UTX have to get better to defend against everybody including honeywell do they have to do it in the middle of the income statement in expenses etc or do they just have to do better revenue
1: yeah well unfortunately it's a little bit of both they have they have to uh Cut, they have to go through a restructuring, so they lost some share with Otis over the last few years. And uh, to hold margin, instead they now have to, you know, cut some pricing to. Uh, so that's going to hurt their margins in order to get some volume back. The same thing. They've got a, you know, a very strong franchise with Carrier, but they're running up against kind of peak margin levels, and they and they're continuing to look at ways to improve the cost structure there. And then the the on the Pratt and Whitney side, I mean, they just have. They have the benefit of having a great new engine, but unfortunately, it's really next decade story before it starts generating a lot of income growth. Why is
0: David so, Cote doing this?
1: Because I think he's looking to build kind of the next big industrial. Uh, he, wants to do uh, Inold, right? story. he wants to do a Jeff
0: He wants to do a Jeff Immelt.
1: I think he wants to do something where he sees enormous synergies, where wow. there is a margin a margin expansion story that could still be in play when you look at the combination. Okay. And I think you put the best in class of Honeywell's operating system, which has delivered tremendous shareholder value since Dave Cody's installed it, and I think he looks at there's an opportunity to do that with UTC.
3: What does this mean for General Electric then, which is putting all its eggs in one basket as an industrial company?
1: General Electric? Yeah, I, or the, other, mean, the other big
3: industrials out there that, if, if this deal gets done.
1: There can always be a knee-jerk reaction. I think General General Electric, which we don't have a rating on, um, is on their own path. They've obviously been cleaning up their own story mm-hmm. and divesting a lot of uh, right. the financial assets. So I think that's a different story. But, you know, clearly, if you saw this deal ultimately get done, and it would take probably well into 2017, um, there probably would be a knee-jerk reaction if from a competitive standpoint just because right. you'd have a very strong offering.
0: Here's a partial score. Honeywell, 12.4%. Hmm. Uh, UTX 6.5%, shareholder return last decade. Pretty
3: significant. Honeywells
0: cleaned their clock.
3: You say this will be a lengthy process, Peter, that could extend into 2017 before being resolved. Surely David Cody uh, sees this as well. Why now? Why is he choosing to act now?
1: Well, I think he sees a window here with United Technologies. That Frankly, it's um, a very strong industrial company, but they're going through a period where, Um, three out of their four segments this year alone are going to show negative EBIT growth. So – and because of the, you know, headwinds that they're seeing, some of that is, is self-inflicted with a great new engine that they're delivering and that's causing a drag for Pratt & Whitney, but others is where they need to kind of restructuring the business, whether it's Otis or, uh, what they're seeing on the aerospace system side. So, um, I think there's an opening window here to see maybe if we put a combination together, we, we divest some of the, the key assets that ultimately, uh, this is a one plus one equals three.
3: What about um, getting shareholders on his side, Honeywell bringing over some of uh, UTX's shareholders? Are there any activists at play or potential activists at play that could get in?
1: I don't see this being a a near-term activist story. I think this is more about convincing uh, United Technology shareholders that there's real value here and trying to keep – What could be disappointment among the Honeywell shareholders who the reality is, historically, this is not what they signed up for. They Uh. signed up for what was a very strong, uh, clear messaging, uh, story, uh, $5 Five billion dollar acquisitions and less, continuing to tuck those in, uh, improving mm-hmm. the cost structure of those deals, adding you know the Honeywell kind of operating system, and then seeing the benefit of accretion going forward. So this is <clears throat> a deviation, a game changer for that. And and guess what? We're going to have their Honeywell Investor Day next Wednesday in New York, and I, we're going to hear a lot more about That's it. That's going to
0: We'll get you back on on that. Tell me the makeup, and let's just pick on UTX. I mean, Judd Gregg is on the, Senator Gregg on the Honeywell board, but tell me the quality of the UTX board. I see Governor Whitman of New Jersey on the board, Terry McGraw on the board, uh, as well, and and Alan Coleman on the board. Uh, What's the quality of that board, and do they tell the management what to do?
3: Good question.
1: Well, I mean, both of these companies have, Tremendous boards. And I so should mention John
0: Ferracci. I mean, excuse me, I didn't. Yeah, he's I, quite an I, and industrialist. There's, and,
1: and there's a background of uh, of other advisors, um, you know, former executives of United Technologies who um, are certainly close to the story. Also, so I think they'll have great counsel, and it's just a matter of whether they're satisfied, whether this is enough right. uh, value <clears throat> being created, and whether they're willing to uh deal with the change in potential governance and having Honeywell run these, what are great assets at United right. technologies.
0: Peter, thank you so much. We'll, uh, my people will talk to your people, so maybe we can drag you on the show next week sometime after the Honeywell uh, meeting. Mr. Arment is with Stern Agee Gleacher. We thank him uh, for his uh, short-term support today. Scott, that was fascinating. I love what he said about this is outside the box of what Honeywell shareholders would want.
3: Yeah, they didn't sign up for this, right? I mean, they they were not looking for a year or two of lengthy process, lengthy negotiations, asset Mm -hmm. sales, and and back and forth with regulators for any of this.
0: Uh, Bloomberg Radio Plus, you got the first look at my chart for Monday, which is really interesting. It is It is the trend of UTX. In the valuations of the center tendency of a two-decade trend, uh, which <laughs> you heard uh, Mr. Armin say, uh, he thinks $108 a share is a little brief, a little early. And it would probably migrate higher if they ensue to battle. I thank Scarlet Foo We're produced by YUN. Ken Fellow, our global technical director, Bloomberg Surveillance.